right, everyone. Welcome to this latest episode of the Clearly Casiasco podcast, powered by JC Innovations and Kedco. Alan Teo here, pleased to join my co-partner, co-pilot, co-host, Jody Claypool. Jody, hello. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing, Alan? Fantastic. Coming to you from the Kedco International Office today. Yeah, right. so we, We've gone international. We are, we are going international. We are world, worldwide now, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. It feels like uh, it's been a while since we've we've done one of these. So it's, it's great to be back at it, though. It's like riding a bicycle. We're right back to it. Yes, sir. Uh, so, hey, we are so pleased to be here today with Jim Catras, a longtime resident of the community, owner of American Table, one of our preeminent restaurants and just a go-to place, uh, a go-to leader in the community. And so, Jody, Jim, so happy to be with you today and uh, for our conversation. Thanks for having me today, Alan. Of course. I think we should uh, we should clarify, uh, the American Table is an award-winning, award-winning uh, yes. restaurant. And, uh, and not only that, they get my vote for best restaurant. I have a specialty dish that I go there to get and I get it every single time I go there which is quite often and I can't get enough of it so um, if you guys haven't checked it out for our listening audience you got to head over there they got stellar food uh, great atmosphere it's a great place to uh, hang out so we're we're probably done right now aren't we after that plug I don't know if I could beat (laughs) that so uh jim's an interesting guy i've known jim for uh quite a while actually uh he's he gets a couple claims to fame one is having uh one of the best restaurants uh again that you can go to and the other is the only person that i've known that's ever choked me out with his pectoralis muscles uh he's uh he was uh he still is an active uh uh, jujitsu guy enjoys rolling and uh, when I first got into it, I had the pleasure of rolling with him a little bit. And uh, I got to tell you, he is a contender. All right. So, uh, Jim, this is the part where we get to turn the mic over to you. Um, we want to learn a little bit more about you, your family, uh, your story, um, how you got to where you are, and um, how you've uh, navigated and interacted with the people in Warsaw. Sure. And Kosciuszko. Absolutely. So, uh I didn't grow up. I grew up in the uh, Chicago suburbs uh, originally. Was born in Toronto and then uh, lived in, in the city for a bit. And then um, after uh, after um, college, uh, I'm a CPA and a finance uh, undergrad major and worked for KPMG in Chicago. So that's how my career started. So honestly, I didn't really see ending up in Warsaw or Kosciuszko County. And the way that happened was uh, my uh, father and brother. Um, we're kind of looking to start a restaurant in the Chicago market. And one day, uh, one of my dad's uh, cousins mentioned Kosciuszko County, mentioned a building that was available for sale. Um, they came out, looked at it. Uh, my brother's a CPA also. Uh, at the time, um, he was uh, working for a, um, a real estate syndication company. And uh, Tax laws changed in 86, and there were some opportunities uh, that he was looking to make a move. And uh, he and my dad decided to um, take a shot at this restaurant out in Warsaw. Um, what's kind of interesting is, you know, my dad uh, came from Greece, you know, had a fourth grade education. So um, he lost his lease in a restaurant in the Chicago market and um, was not able to renew. They were uh, 
he always says Oprah Winfrey uh, lost his lease for him because uh, the building he was in um, was the uh, ABC affiliate at the time. And uh, they were trying to keep Oprah from moving to her own studio and uh, basically redid the building he was in. And because of that, that's you know how he ended up not having a place. So his options were not great, you know, couldn't read, couldn't write, you know, where do you start a business? And, um, you know, it was kind of a one shot for him to um, come out here and um, whatever he did, it was, you know, either it was going to go or not go. And if it didn't go, it was going to be a tough, uh, tough road for him. So um, that's how they came out to Warsaw in 87. Um, at the time, I had uh, uh, graduated uh Graduated my undergrad, um, sat for the CPA exam, which I was able to pass uh, on the first try, which I was really happy with, and really was just enjoying my career at KPMG when I first started. And um, after a few years in the firm, um, I was looking at uh, basically starting my uh, MBA at Northwestern and doing the intensive program. And right around that time, uh, an opportunity, uh, I think my uh, dad and brother were looking at uh, buying another restaurant in this area and asked if I would be interested in coming in. Um, ironically, right now, that restaurant was the old Viewpoint, which is uh, up on 15 right now. The restaurant still exists. Uh, I think it's called uh, something Cajun or Raging Cajun, something like that right now. I can't remember exactly the name. Um, and that's kind of how I first came into the area. Uh, that deal fell through, um, but my uh, dad and brother uh, still, uh, my dad was looking to start working his way out and, uh, it allowed, uh, for me to come in and become an equity partner in what is you know, now the American table restaurant. Um, a little bit after that, um, you know, we, we expanded the restaurant, uh, added on to it a few years after me coming here. And then, uh, in 2000, uh, we actually, uh, started the boathouse and, uh, Started that from uh, 2000 to, uh, and then we ended up selling it, my brother and I, to uh, uh, one of our junior partners in 2010. So that's kind of how my restaurant career started, I guess, in the in, in this county. Fantastic. So I'm curious, what um, what was your first impression of the, the area? I mean, I, I'm sure the area has changed since you arrived, but I mean. Anything that, that just comes to mind as far as first impressions or or, or uh, anything that really stuck out for you? Yeah, actually, um, to build on that, what part of the Chicago area were you from mm -hmm. and then how does that compare to? So, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the northwest suburbs. I was originally lived in Oak Park, which is a western suburb, and then the Park Ridge area uh, through my high school years. Uh, and then when I was working at KPMG, I was actually living in the Lincoln Park area. So. You could not imagine, you know, those early years, I was, uh, anytime I had time off, I would be going back to Chicago, quite honestly. A lot of time, my social circles were there, et cetera. You know, I was uh, you know, a young guy, uh, you know, 25 years old when I first came out. Um, so, How would you describe those areas? Uh, the Chicago area, you're saying? The areas that you were grew up in? Uh, you know, all just really neat areas. I mean, like, obviously, Lincoln Park is a uh, kind of a great place when you first get out. It's kind of an almost extension of college, to be honest with you, right? I mean, a lot of young people, demographics are, you know, a lot of a lot of younger folks just graduated school, just working in the city. So there's always a lot to do 
for that age group that I was in uh, in that area. Uh, Oak Park, Park Ridge, uh, Chicago suburbs, uh, again, really nice suburbs to grow up in. Uh, I went to a high school called Maine East, which was, uh, you know, I think I almost had about a thousand people in my graduating class. Uh, so, you know, it was a big school um, and, um, you know, really just great memories of that area. So when I first came out here, it was definitely a little bit of a shock because, you know, you're the outsider, you're, you know, in an age group where you're still, uh, you know, I wasn't married, you're still want to be social. And I didn't really know that many people in the area. So, you know, a lot of the, you know, the natural was to kind of go back to the area that you were most comfortable in. Um, it wasn't, you know, much later, you know, when I say much later, it may have been uh, eight or nine years later. Uh, actually, when I, uh, actually almost 10 years later, um, when I opened up the boathouse, a, uh, a guy that uh, was a partner at KPMG uh, came out um, with someone that uh, um, we worked on a job together in New York. And um, they came out and just kind of on our opening day just to support me and as good friends. And um, my, uh, one of my coworkers at the time, whose name was Marie, uh, she, it's now Maria Marino, um, introduced me or had the idea to set me up with who is now my wife, Amber. So, um, you know, once I ended up, um, you know, my, my wife, Amber, was um, getting her MBA at Kellogg. She was in her, I think, her last class, last semester at the time. Um, and uh, we really just hit it off, and uh, she came in and started working for uh, Zimmer. Uh, ended up becoming a uh, kind of got got up to the um, director level uh, in finance, and then um, we had our kids. Um, and at that point, it was right after the uh, Center Pulse acquisition. Um, it was just a really good time for us to like. She wanted to be able to pull back, be a mom. And uh, with my schedule being as busy as it was at the time, I was running both the Boathouse and the American Table. Um, it was just really a uh, hectic time. We just decided it probably made more sense for her uh, to stay home. And uh, she ended up doing some consulting and working from home uh, for that year. So my boys are now, uh, my oldest twins are 16 years old right now. So um, 2004 uh, to uh, currently, uh, my wife has basically been working from uh, from the house as a consultant. So over that time frame, um, uh, you know, you having kind of that that um, that social scene, um, that experience in Chicago, moving here and seeing this area develop, just the not only the Warsaw area but the Kosciuszko area in general. How would you how would you say that this area now would um, suit or work with people maybe in a young young professional or pe people with families wanting to move here well for sure i think what you what when i first came here uh, what you saw a lot in the uh at least i wasn't inside the orthopedic industry i saw it a little bit through my wife but a big part of the uh, firms that were here you had a lot of people that grew up in this area had ties to the area and were working you know they, they were kind of local um, uh, residents that ended up going to work for these companies, which were just great companies. Um, over the years, I've just seen, obviously, a lot more people coming from outside the area. And what's always really encouraging is, um, you know, when they come, they really all want to stay. You know, even if the uh, job changes or, you know, they make a move or whatever, uh, once you come to this area, they, they really don't want to leave the area. 
So I think it's just a really neat community, a really neat town. I could just say, um, you know, raising uh, boys that are 16 years old. Uh, I have a um, uh, two, uh, my two youngest, one's in third grade, one's in fourth grade, both adopted from uh, China. Uh, I just couldn't really imagine a better place to raise uh, family, kids, um, the social, uh, the friend group that I have. I mean, just really just a great community uh, uh, that we have here. Now, I don't know if I could speak to what it would be like if I were fresh out of uh, university coming to Kosciuszko County because I'm not really in that in that in that in that stage of life anymore. My life is very different at this time. Um, but you definitely see a lot more younger people. Uh, I look at the the restaurants that have uh, popped up here. Um, you know, in, in 1991, I don't I don't think you would have seen uh, a sushi restaurant survive in Kosciuszko County, right? And now you see, you know, Noah Noah doing great, Cerulean doing great. You see um, what's happened at the village and the and the events that are the bike fests and all the other things that are happening that really are just more suited for younger people that want to come to Kosciuszko County that may not be looking for a huge big city experience. And if they turn around, they say, hey, you know, if we do want that big city experience, you know, two hours away, we're, we go to Chicago or two hours away, we go to Indianapolis. Those opportunities still exist, but your day-to-day life, um, not fighting with an, an hour of traffic each each time. You know, I know in public accounting, we have to drive to jobs and it wasn't uncommon for me to be in the car for two hours every single day. Uh, so having a you know four minute commute is really pretty nice. Right on. And and there's a pretty stellar jujitsu club you're a part of. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's something that's become a passion, and I always say it's uh, it just helps keep me uh, balanced, and uh, it's just a great way to uh, expend energy. So yeah, I, I, I was a competitive wrestler for a lot, a lot of years, um, and then uh, when my kids were probably one or two, um, I ended up uh, watching some of the old UFC fights. And uh, I was just fascinated watching um, this new, what was new to Americans anyway, watching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, I remember the first time uh, going up to uh, Bremen to train with a guy named Jason Fox, who was probably about 140 pounds soaking wet. And I'm thinking, you know, here I'm a all-state wrestler. Uh, I'm going to be able to go over there and just uh, dominate him. And um Really, it was more to prove, and I guess in my mind, that jujitsu didn't work as opposed to really trying to learn the martial art. And it was very humbling to see how great of a martial art it was. And I really just got hooked with it. So it's been something I've been training uh, for you know almost 15 years now. Um, the school, you know, I did have a school in uh, Warsaw for a number of years. Uh, but I uh, just because of the commitment that I have to my kids and they're super active in sports. Uh, they play football and basketball. My younger ones are active in sports. Um, running a school was, uh, you know, for me, it's a passion and a hobby, but uh, it wasn't a job. Uh, my job was, you know, primarily the restaurant business. So um, I teamed up with a guy who had a school in North Manchester, Indiana. And uh, uh, basically I'm kind of their senior black belt over there. And I also will teach in Manchester and in uh, Fort Wayne. So I will train a couple times a week, uh, do some privates. Uh, so it just helps keep me in shape and keep me balanced. And, uh, you know, it's really something, it's a great stress relief for me. Alan? 
Very cool. Well, yeah, we. Uh, I was going to say the, the the focus, the uh, the passion for jujitsu sounds like one of these um, kind of well kept secrets you can find in, in our community. I mean, uh, our we're really we're, so at Kedco we're exploring um, a theme of the quality of life around that you can find your way, uh, either whatever you're looking for in our community. So, Jim, I'm curious, would you like to ask folks? You know, are there other kind of well-kept secrets or, or things that maybe uh, places, events, uh, experiences you've had that might be kind of below the radar for other people that uh, at least that you'd be willing to share? There were a couple of times where I think people were not really excited about sharing. <laughs> well, I will tell you, it's uh, I think we have just so many hidden gems in Kosciuszko, right? I mean, if you're a biker, the bike trails are phenomenal, right? If you just want to walk those trails, they're phenomenal. I remember when they were first being cut in on Dane Miller's property, uh, you know, just how neat those, I remember, you know, the, the day of my wedding, I was out mountain biking that morning, uh, you know, just just uh, have some fun with one of my uh, college roommates and one of my uh, best friends at the time. We were just out riding the morning before my, before my wedding, right? So the trail system is great, the bicycle part of the community. Uh, you look at the restaurants that are here, uh, how many really great independent restaurants are in this community. And uh, I know my wife and I truly enjoy supporting a lot of those uh, local restaurants. They're all just run by really great guys. So uh, for a smaller community, the, the amount of diversity we have in food is uh, pretty amazing. Um, something that you can't always explain to people, um, you know, we spend a fair amount of time in uh, South Florida. And uh, one of the things I always say is, uh, you know, my wife like, does not like the cold weather, but, you know, we always kind of talk about, like, what is so neat about Kosciuszko County or Warsaw. And when you look at, like, requiring some type of a service, whether it's a car service or an air, you know, having your HVAC system serviced or whatever it is, uh, you know, for me to be able to call up a uh, provider and say, uh, hey, uh, Jamie, uh, uh, the side door is open, just let yourself in and, uh, uh, make sure don't let the dogs out or if you come in you know pet the dogs before you get in and do whatever you have to and even if you're not home you know that the work is going to be done and that person uh, you have a relationship with them um, similarly if you need to get your car serviced or whatever it is like you know we're a smaller community so you you have to you know you you're using these folks over and over and over again and you're not just a number to them so um, when you compare that to South Florida, um, let's just say that if I um, if I bring in a car over there that needs to be, to be serviced, uh, whether I just put a brand new battery in or not, uh, I'm going to get a report back saying I probably need to replace my battery, um, and that would never happen in this area. So it's just something that uh, just day to day life is is really simple. Um, when you look at um, you know, when you have four kids and you're running all over the place and are active in sports, how many times uh, I will lean out to friends or they will lean out to us to help with your kids, right? So your kids have literally, um, you know, you're their parents, but they have, um, you know, in, in, whether it's in the football community or in the basketball community, you have a full um, group of parents that are willing to step in and help, and you have uh, great camaraderie between them. Um, when you see the spirit of playing sports, uh, so that was, you know, I, 
in my experience, as I said, I had a high school where my graduating class had a thousand people. So it was a big high school. Um, to, when I go in and I watch my kids, so they were sophomores this year and they were um, fortunate enough to play uh, uh, varsity um, uh, varsity football and uh, uh, they're, they're on the JV basketball team right now. The, you know, obviously with COVID, it's a little bit different, but you know, you see the amount of support these kids get from the community and people that don't have kids will literally fill up the stands. Um, it's a really neat place, I think, for a kid to grow up and to feel um, like when they put on their school colors and they represent their school, um, they're really representing a community uh, at the same time and not just themselves. Um, I look back in our, you know, for us, if you when I was playing, you may get some, you know, you may get the student body there, you may get some active parents there, but the community, there's so much going on sometimes in a big town, you wouldn't see a whole community filling up the stands um, that you see here. So I remember a couple of years ago, the varsity football team um, under Bart Curtis, who is just a great friend, a uh, great guy, a uh, great coach. Um, you know, we went out to Maryville uh, to play and the day was probably, you know, it was probably in the 20s, uh, you know, still snowing out. And we had more people in our visiting side of the, of the stands than uh, the home team did in their own stands. You know, you're talking about a, an hour and a half, two hour drive just to get there. Um, so that's that's a really neat secret um, that you just can't you can't explain to people uh, until you're a part of it. Um, obviously, I'm not sure that the lakes are a secret. I mean, you have to drive around each and every day that you're here, but uh, your access to the lakes and the huge number of lakes that we have uh, is a is another huge plus. Uh, just the ability to enjoy nature uh, is something that's uh, that's really really um, awesome. Um, and I think the other thing that I that I find is your ability to, you know, as being someone in the community, the, your ability to reach out to people uh, that could provide insight or information or guidance, um, how accessible they are. Um, you know, if I need to try to get a hold of the mayor here or the one of the council members or one of the community leaders, um, it's really you know, people are just there to, to help out and to be there for you. So you live um, right off of one of the more well-known lakes in this town, right? Uh, actually, I don't. My brother does. I actually live on uh, in Stonehenge on the golf course. Oh, you live on the yeah. golf course. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you give us? Okay, that's even better. So uh, Stonehenge has kind of a, a storied uh, recent past. Can you right. give us a little update on what that's like and what it's sure. like living in that community? Sure. Uh, you know, so I've um, been living there for a fairly long period of time. Um, so definitely it's kind of neat because you're seeing a lot of um, a lot of those. The first homeowners there were um, older homeowners, uh, you know, in age and kind of coming in. And then I know when we moved in, having uh, younger kids, uh, you know, our kids were the youngest in the community for sure. And uh, I think as you see a lot of times as uh, people downsize or they move to different areas or whatever, now you're seeing, um, you know, our 16-year-olds are definitely not the youngest anymore. Our uh, third and fourth grade, uh, my third and fourth graders uh, definitely see a lot of other kids riding the neighborhood, et cetera. So the, the, the neighborhood has definitely gotten younger. Um, you see a lot more people outside walking the course, walking the neighborhood. That's really, really neat. Um, Watching what's happened uh, with the 
uh, course um, was was really, you know, just just that's an example of again of like some a lot of creative thinking, right? You had a course that was um, getting ready to close down. Obviously, that would not have been a great situation for homeowners. And um, Alan, I think you probably had something to do with this uh, this 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 whole deal being put together, but just a lot of creativity in how the course, um, how the transference of the course, uh, what what took place, how to get, uh, you know, how to get Denny and Matt Hoskins involved in the ownership and how to get the city involved in the ownership of the property and um, and, and basically give life to that course again. Um, I'm not so sure you would have seen that happen in a lot of other communities. You know, that, that could have easily become a overgrown uh, field behind my house as opposed to a beautiful course that you're seeing more participation in than you probably have ever that I've seen in the last you know probably 10 years of living there. Now I'm not uh, I, I gotta just be honest and for those professional listeners out there uh, earmuffs uh, I'm not a golfer I mean I go golfing but that's just so I have something to put in the back of the golf cart because it look weird. Right. So um, I can't speak to how the golf course itself compares. So you'll have to speak to that. But the clubhouse, I had used the clubhouse quite a bit with Zimmer Biomet. We used to do all kinds of things there, whether it was an annual party or it was, you know, these these meetings. It was it was kind of a uh, a convention center type of arrangement with the community. And you could go in and use it. It was pretty phenomenal. Right. Well, what I can say is. My golf uh, prowess is uh, definitely, uh, I don't play golf. I'm much more comfortable uh, being on a, uh, on a wrestling mat or jiu-jitsu mat, uh, choking someone or being choked as opposed to uh, a uh, golf ball. So I can't really speak to it from a golfer standpoint. I know my kids will go out and play, and they think that the course is a great course. Um, obviously, right now, um, the clubhouse is something that, I think is um, I think these next couple of years are going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, with that facility. Um, it is being the restaurant business, as I said, I started um, with the American Table and then Roadhouse. Um, when you have large event space um, in 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 a community like ours. Uh, it's sometimes hard to keep it filled, right? You're going to fill it during the summers when you have weddings and so on and so forth. But there's 365 days a year that that club has to be vibrant in order to be profitable. Um, I know MKS uh, bought the building, which is uh, great. I actually have a meeting with uh, Zach Kessie uh, next Wednesday just to kind of, I think he just wants to pick my brain a little bit about some of the thoughts. And again, it kind of talks about that. Um, kind of lends true to what I was saying earlier about being able to reach out to different people in the community that are willing to help and add whatever level of expertise that they have. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if I will see it in my mind it being a huge banquet facility. I think uh, probably what will make the most sense, uh, something that I had mentioned to Zach, which I thought would have been kind of a neat uh, concept would be you know, maybe some type of a gastro pub or something to that up up top. Uh, maybe putting in some, um, I'll call them 
casual simulators because simulators have done really really well uh, down below maybe doing some casual simulators up top where people while they're waiting to eat etc um, could eat uh, or could you know get on a simulator and hit some golf balls etc um, and then um, trying to figure out um, you know what you would do with that hole upstairs um, you know like I said I, the gastropod may take up uh, half of that concept and then trying to figure out what you would do with the left and right side of the club um, would probably be what I would envision. Again, that's just one person's opinion. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people looking at it, um, but more likely I kind of picture something a little bit smaller than really large. Someone trying to take on, uh, take on that whole thing as a private club. Alan, what do you think? I muted myself there. I uh, got to be careful with that that mute button. So, uh, Jim, something you've, you've touched on a few times about, you know, how accessible people are, how, how much people will help you kind of with whatever you're working on. Um, that's something we, we've heard, I think, more than once, Jody, right? I mean, people that, that tell us if they're from here, if they're not from here, that, you know, the, the, the community, the, the individuals in the community, um, really will, you know, uh, uh, lean in. That's a cliche, but it will help out. Will provide support. Uh, help you take whatever that next step is uh, in your venture. And I think we see that happening. I mean, you mentioned the Stonehenge project. Uh, just a matter of getting the right people and the, the right seats on the bus to help help get that together. And uh, certainly, I think there's there's other projects, um, you know, coming together in a community like, for example, in Rona Lake, the Ice Rink project, which. Sure. I think is growing into being a much bigger project, um, but I am curious. Um, you know, as you look at as you look at, uh, you, you've seen a lot of change, a lot of growth in the area. I mean, is there anything you'd still like to see that we're missing? And this is kind of the if you you know if you could wave a magic wand question. Uh, you know, anything you'd like to see or that we could we could work on and do even better? Well, I, I think one of the big challenges right now, uh, Alan, is I don't know what um, this post-COVID world is going to look like for Kosciuszko County, right? And that's, I think it's a big question. Um, when you look at the one thing that is driving so much of the success of our county is the success of the industries we have here, right? I mean, you try to tell someone you live in a county that has less than 100,000 people and, you know, obviously the pre the Biomet Zimmer ver, uh, merger you had, three different uh, multi-billion dollar companies here. I mean, in a small town, that's just really unheard of, right? I mean, you think of how many billion dollar companies are, are, are in all of Indiana and, uh, you know, how many we had here in this county, right? So definitely, um, de definitely you want to see that industry staying strong um, with, the people that you know with with the uh, the idea right now that people may be able to work from home or not have to go into an office or you know which is obviously going to be a um potentially could be an issue throughout the whole commercial real estate world um you know what's that going to look like and one of the things you know that i'm that i will share is yeah uh, when i sold the boathouse in 2010 i actually ended up uh, getting more involved in commercial real estate so um, we have a corporation called Agora Investments, and uh, you know, we have uh, multiple um, 
you know, I'm a landlord to the DCS DFR building here in Warsaw, the Jimmy John's building on Center Street, Mati, which is also located there, uh, the old Bibles and books. So we own some properties over here. And, um, you know, I, I have to tell you, you know, you when you have some commercial space, there's definitely a concern that I have looking forward to what is going to happen post-COVID. Um, when you talk about waving that magic wand, and again, this is not unique to us, but you look at the number of strip centers in Kosciuszko County that are basically empty, right? What will be the vision for, um, you know, those areas, right? I mean, you, you know, who's going to go into the old J.C. Penney building or the old Sears building or, you know, the old uh, Big R uh, building, you know, if those, you know, when those become vacant, basically, the old Kmart building, et cetera. So one of the things that I would say would be a magic wand is, um, is there a way to repurpose um, a lot of empty real estate that is not unique to us, but it's going to be an issue, I think, throughout throughout uh, you know the whole U.S. right now. Obviously, a lot more people are doing online shopping than ever before, and uh, the traditional brick and mortar type of a concept is definitely um, is definitely something that uh, is is out of favor, I guess. So um, that would be one thing I'm I'm concerned about. So I guess my two biggest concerns going forward is I do hope that um, we go back to people actually working back in offices. I couldn't imagine when I first started my career at KPMG as a uh, as a new uh, assistant accountant, um, not having that ability to be mentored by someone there and know their face and not just get to know them through a Zoom call, but to actually, you know, be in their office and and interact just as Jody and I are interacting right now. I mean, um, and it builds a stickiness to a community, to those people. Um, you know, that that first guy that I uh, worked for at KPMG, a guy named Dave Marino, still one of my closest friends to this day, uh, so many years later. Um, so that is definitely something when I look at this county, I, I guess I, I would hope that we kind of get back to getting people into a work into a work environment. Um, you know, it may not be five days a week, it may be four or three, but at least you're getting people in and still forming those relationships and those camaraderie that that ability to uh, be creative uh, in a group setting, um, as opposed to um, you know, maybe a Zoom call where, you know, people could be, you know, you could mute someone and not really be totally engaged or not totally follow what's going on, et cetera. So I guess those are concerns that I have. Uh, I look at the number of hotels that were built in this area in the last couple, well, in 2020, right? We had three new hotels that popped up. Uh, I think there were two or three hotels that changed ownership. Um, you know, I, you drive by those hotels right now, and this is not unique to our county, but it's everywhere because of COVID, um, you know, what's going to happen uh, with those. So uh, post-COVID definitely has me concerned. Um, I would hope, um, I guess my biggest hope is that you see the core businesses, you know, right now, i.e. Zimmer Biomet and uh, Depew uh, staying strong. Uh, but then you have so many other really strong companies coming in. And then a lot of the talent that doesn't want to leave here, like uh, you know Jody, and you see other guys that 
have left uh, some of the larger firms and then start something on their own, um, and they choose to stay in this area. And that's what you want to also see. So um, you don't want to become a you know a one a one horse town, so to speak, where we're all just relying on one things. You want to also start seeing growth through other companies, and and we've we're definitely seeing it. I mean, you've seen uh, orthopediatrics. Uh, you know, spring up out of this area, wishbone, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, pop up on this area. And, and, and we could keep on, the list keeps on growing and growing of these smaller companies that have started because of the talent pool that we've had in this area. That's right. I think uh, something I've noticed is I, I feel like we're, we're paying more attention to that now than maybe the community would have in the past uh, to working with those entrepreneurs, you know, nurturing that, uh, um, you know, programs like the Excellings program that, that Jody's involved in um, that really provide the support that uh, it help help entrepreneurs maybe get uh, get going quicker. Um, and, and I appreciate Jim your your thoughts about the uh, those big box retail stores. And you know I, I'm confident we have the people we need to to figure that out. You know already in the community, but it likely will take us getting a group together and, and you know not waiting for somebody else to do it for us or come in and kind of save the day, but we're going to have to kind of figure that out on our own based on what makes sense uh, here in the area. Sure. I mean, you, you, when you saw what happened, like the Little Crow building, I mean, right, they they converted that building to housing, right? I mean, that was a, a really neat a really neat thing that happened, right? A building that would have probably just sat empty for a number of years, right, was converted and repurposed to another use. So, right. um, yeah, I, I definitely would like to see that. Uh, that happened. And I guess just in general, I would just like to see that. And, and I think we have a great state. Uh, you know, uh, when you look at, um, you know, the lockdowns that have happened in other states, which are just devastating to businesses, I think we've done a really good job um, through this pandemic, the way we've managed, we managed it. Um, and to allow for businesses to have a chance to survive. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, talk about stimulus or the payroll protection loans that come out. Um, you know, a, a, that first round of payroll protection loan is not going to keep a business afloat if you didn't have people coming back into your restaurant and into your community, um, you know, eating out and, and, and allowing for, you know, reasonable uh, safeguards uh, for people to kind of move on with their life. That's right. That's right. So, uh, Jody, I don't know. I've got one more question. I don't know uh, what else you might have uh, on your mind. Um, I think everything um, that we ask um, typically. Um, trying to think if there is. Um, do you guys have any any uh, new restaurants you're going to be putting putting in considering? You know, um, we have definitely. Uh, Looked uh, at, at some ideas. Um, you know, we've we've kind of are playing around with the idea of you know would we ever consider a, a breakfast place down in this uh, downtown area? Mm -hmm. um, you know, a big part for me at this stage of my uh, at this stage of my career. You know, part of the reason I got out of the boathouse um, was um, because of just time. You know, I was working all the time. I wasn't seeing my my kids at the time who were babies growing up. And, um, you know, I think right now you know, what we would probably be looking at is maybe a breakfast lunch concept that uh, that I could uh, manage. I have some really good people that we've developed in our restaurant right now and maybe uh, 
look to something like that. If, if there's an opportunity in the right downtown location, um, you know, we would we would definitely consider it. Um, but at the same token, um, if if um, you know, that opportunity has to be fairly unique because of uh, kind of what we have going on right now. And mm-hmm. as I always kind of say, it's, um, you know, I, I, I don't really want to miss my daughter's soccer game or my uh, son's, uh, my third grade son's, uh, you know, young tiger football game on a Saturday morning or my boys playing, uh, uh, you know, uh, under the lights uh, at, 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 at the high school. So all those things are still things I don't want to miss. So I would have to kind of always look at a balance for me, uh, a life balance to figure out if it makes sense for me to, to do something uh, different. But um, just as being part of a community, you're always looking at different opportunities that may present themselves. Well, there's certainly, um, I've come to appreciate there's a community of, of restaurant owners, proprietors, restaurateurs uh, who, who seem to support each other, right? And, and have mentored each other along the way. And uh, Jimmy mentioned those independent restaurants. You just don't see that elsewhere. Oh gosh. And I'll tell you, I mean, how many times I've, you know, even just handling the pandemic and how do we handle, you know, like post COVID, like, you know, the, the, the guidelines that come out from the state are, you know, a little bit, you know, it's not really, it's not, they're not, it's not super clear to know exactly what you need to do. Right. So there was times I would call up, uh, you know, Jason at 110 or Caleb at uh, Cerulean and say, hey, guys, you know, what are you guys, what are you guys doing with this? Or Dave uh, Gustafson over um, at, uh, at, at Oak and Alley, I'm sorry, at, at Oak and Alley, uh, you know, asking him, you know, what, what are, how are you handling this particular, uh, this particular item? You know, what are you, are you using paper menus? Are you, uh, are you sanitizing your regular menus all the, you know, after every time? Are you leaving ketchup bottles, you know, on a table or are you doing disposable? And those are things that, you know, we just kind of reach out and help each other. And uh, we want to see, you know, we each have a piece of the pie that we could uh, take, but you really want to see uh, all of us really make it and survive. And, right. you know, right. at the end of the day, really, these local businesses, um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, uh, you know, today I was just talking to Bart Curtis about uh, about uh, they're they're doing a fundraiser for um, uh, the the athletic department in in, in the high school and um, kind of going out and he was kind of asking about um, you know certain areas that we could uh, look to get some community support and. Um, you know, at the end of the day, really, those people that are giving the most community support, uh, you know, people aren't generally going into the big box stores. You know, you're into Walmart and saying, hey, could you donate a TV? Right. It's the local businesses that are stepping up and trying to help this community because we're we're so intertwined with it. Right. The yeah. success of the community is so much a part of who we are. Yeah, I think it, I think Jim has. Um uh, made a really, really good and important point. Um, and I think a lot of people have been saying it, but um, right now it's it's critical. And that is uh, the community thrives together or dies together. And so now is a crucial time for people to rally together, uh, support existing businesses, help new businesses thrive, uh, because at the end of the day, that's going to determine the success of the area. Absolutely. And we want to see this area boom. I think we have yeah, all the yeah, infrastructure. Yeah. We have the infrastructure to see it though, right? I mean, it's we we have a great 
a great start, right? And we're seeing a lot of, like I said, a lot of creativity to help promote that second line of business. Our new businesses grow. And I think that's a, uh, and, and again, I think a big part of that is when you see people love a community that they're in and they're not right away looking to move out of the community. How many people I know that have left some of these larger companies and still live here right. or their families still live here and they will uh, commute back and forth. I mean, that, that doesn't say something about our area. I don't know. I don't know what does. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, hey, this has been a great discussion. I think we can keep going for quite a while. Maybe we should schedule uh, part two at some point. <laughs> but, uh, but we do have a question we like to ask everyone who joins us, uh, Jim. So uh, I think we, we gave you a heads up. This is coming. But, um, you know, this is the Clearly Kaskaska podcast. We appreciate our friends at the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, another very unique resource in our county. Uh, you know, the work they put into developing the Clearly Kaskaska uh, brand for us to use, for us to, to market and, and, and utilize. Um, so we'd like to, to know from people, you know, what does Clearly Kaskaska mean when we hear that? What does that mean to you? So I'll tell you, you know, I, it, it's a great question, right? And I think ultimately, you know, if I were to summarize everything I said uh, this past, you know, whatever hour that we've been chatting, it's really, it's Clearly Kaskasco, what it means to me is the stickiness that we have as a community. Um, the bond that all of us feel is being part of this community. Um, and it's not something that is really, you know, you, you just can't maybe put it on a poster or whatever. It's a feeling, right? It's a it's, it's really neat feeling of being part of something larger than yourself. You're a part of this really awesome community and um, you feel attached to it, I guess. In, in, in summary, that's what clearly Kosciuszko means to me. It's a place that you absolutely uh, love. You want to see it succeed. You want to be a part of its success. Um, and you want to be here to support it um, as long as you're able to. Right. Exactly. That, that's fantastic. And again, it's one of these where everybody sees it differently, but um, we are certainly seeing some some common themes. And it's it's incredible, you know, coming from people with very different, you know, backgrounds, experiences, people from here, people not from here, uh, that, uh, you know, we all choose to be here and, and uh, certainly a great legacy to build on, but plenty of opportunities. So, Jody, any closing thoughts? Uh, Jim, thank you. Well, thank you, guys. It was great. It was a great chat. And uh, I'll tell you, it's just fun to um, be able to share some of my experiences for these past, uh, you know, almost 30 years being a resident of the county uh, and seeing the growth, et cetera, it's, uh, it's just great to be able to share some of those thoughts. And uh, hopefully if someone ever, uh, as people listen to these podcasts, um, they'll truly understand, uh, you know, I'm sure I, I have one approach and there's multiple approaches that you guys, uh, with everyone that um, you've interviewed, but I think it's the central theme um, you know, we're, we're not paid to come here and talk about how great this area is. You know, it's something that we truly believe in and feel really strongly about. Okay, Jody. So I do have one question for you as we uh, as we wrap up. You said you have a favorite uh, a favorite meal uh, at the American <laughs> table. Are you willing to share? Well, <clears throat> it's on what I think is a secret menu because oh, so it's kind of like. Uh, 
with like the In and Out Burger and and uh, West Coast. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it. I guarantee uh, for anybody who's not a vegetarian, this this is the dish that will bring you coming back. Um, it's chopped steak, medium, egg sunny side up, grilled vegetables with a cup of creamy horseradish. It will knock your socks off. It sounds amazing. That, it <laughs> is sounds- absolutely amazing. I uh, I've got to say I, I'm in wired the same way. I get the same thing every time. Um, not something I thought of. It was something that came as a recommendation. Um, scrambled egg whites with avocado and chef salsa, and it is fantastic. It's our pleasure. I mean, um, yeah. Get, yeah, yeah, getting able to talk to you know uh, fantastic people like yourself. With uh, you get you have great stories. Um, you're absolutely right. People who are passionate about this area need to get their voices heard out there so that other people um, either who are here um, or who are interested in exploring this area know why this area is so great. Couldn't say it better. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been such a great discussion. Jim, Jody, until next time.